previously on Little Bit Leave It. Hey everybody, welcome back to Little Bit Leave It. We are a podcast that is talking Love Island UK in the USA. My name is Ben and with me as always, my co-host and wife and partner in life, Rebecca. Yes, well, with you as always is especially pertinent now that we've been stuck at home for how long? Like six years? Six months, though it feels like only yesterday that we were living our normal lives. No, that's not true at all. So yes, we are in the sixth season of Love Island, which is the first season that we are tackling with this podcast. We are in episode three, and this episode starts off with a bang. Well, it's the same bang that ended the previous episode. Could you really call it a bang? There was no banging. It was just talking. And that talking was boring. I have never seen two such attractive couples, four such beautiful people with absolutely nothing to say and no zazazoo. Well, I actually was referring to the actual, the double steal itself. Oh, yeah. So memorable. But yeah. please. I would never call that double date a bang. That was a fizzle. Um, no, yeah, we start off with Jess and Eve having stolen the guys we thought they were going to steal the entire time. <laughs> so yeah, not much of a exciting development there. And then we get right into that double date, which I can tell you're really eager to talk about. No, thanks. I'm good. Uh, the only real note I made is date was boring, no chemistry, and that Mike, you did not rule yourself out. Mike knew Jess was going to pick him, or he was hoping for Jess to pick him, or he was angling for Jess to pick him. And once again, Mike looks like a schmuck. So I agree with you that the beginning of this episode is uh, pretty boring, but I also think it's pretty brilliant. And I'll explain why. I think that the Love Island UK producers are some of the best in terms of reality show producers of moving the plot along in interesting ways and setting things up to create interesting content. And I don't know if it paid off here. I don't think it did, but I think the setup was really great, you know, by immediately sending them on a double date. It created good content, I think, in multiple ways because it divided the group into subgroups that we got lots of good character developing conversations. The date itself did reveal something maybe about the lack of depth of certainly Callum, but also the, um, the side conversations that were going on, like the women back at the house talking while the date is taking. I thought that was really great cutting back and forth between those two scenes. And it also moves the plot forward by, you know, mani manipulating people's emotions, I thought, pretty competently. Oh, yeah. There were a lot of really good conversations back at the house. It was way more interesting. Um, can we talk about some of those? Because that was really where this episode yeah. started to shine. So let's talk about the girls pulling the Godfather. These bitches are coming into our house and taking our men Shauna and Leanne, they are so funny together. I love them together. One is more pissed than the other about this double steal, as if the guys had anything to do with it, as if Jess and Eve were just supposed to sit there, twiddle their thumbs and say, no, thanks. What's also funny is that 
you know, the our house thing is that Jess and Eve got there, what, six hours after the other girl. Oh, and they've been there for two days. So like, girls, girls, simmer down now. The, I loved that. Ooh, ooh, and the one where it's just, so I think there were other girls involved in that one. I think Sophie was there and Shanice was there. But then when it's just Shauna and Leanne and they're talking about tomorrow, we got to take a shower. We got to put on makeup. We got to wear our best clothes. And Shauna goes, we're going to wear as little as possible. And this is a direct quote. I might just wear nipple covers and call it a day. Shauna is my queen. I love Shauna. And then also we've got stuff about Paige and Ollie going on back at the house. Yeah, we do. I think that's a, a really interesting. I think it's very revealing of Sophie and Shanice more than either Paige or Ollie. Though it's certainly interesting to, to talk about them as a couple. Sophie's a little shit stirrer. I've said it before and I'm going to say it again. Sophie must be so bored in her happy little new couple that she is just trying to stir the pot for her own entertainment any which way she can. I'll also say this. I think that Shonice has maybe some delusions about the conversation. Because she took Ollie's conversation about being interested in her too seriously? Yeah, totally. So after that little three, three of them had that conversation and Paige goes into the beach hut, you know, and Ollie had told her earlier, all my eggs are in your basket. And when Paige goes, you're shit at shopping. And I can't do the accent, but that one had me on the floor. You're shit at shopping. I don't know. That's, that's, I can't do Scottish. We'll, no. we'll work on that. Um, we'll work on that. Also have a little bit of post-conversation hangover from the Shanice Nas conversation. Oh, where it's, we gotta I, talk about that. I also think Shanice comes off like a jerk there. No, let us talk about that because she totally comes off like a jerk right there. She has been leading Nas on. That conversation started off so well. She was telling him that she doesn't feel the magic and he looked like he really understood. It looked like they were really connecting at an honest level, you know, and then, and then she has the nerve to say to him, but I might feel differently. And you had just closed the book. She had just let him down in a really kind, easy, honest way. And for her to rip that door back open is so cruel and so desperate for his continued affections while giving nothing back. It made me really upset. Yeah, I really do not like her. I will just be upfront right now. I do not like her. I don't like the whole Disney princess thing. She's very cruel to Nas. Like I said, when we get into the next day, uh, I think she has some delusions about that conversation. But before we get into the next day, they get back from the date. Yeah. And we see the time tested Love Island ritual of everybody going and talking to the people who just came back from a date and asking them how their date went. And then we get into separate chats, right? Girls chat, guys chat. The girls chat's where the action is though, right? Uh, yeah, well just, you know, Leanne and Shauna, again, sitting around stewing. The guys come back and, you know, Shauna doesn't want to go over there. And I get it. Like, I'm hot like Shauna. If I know I'm going to say something shitty to someone, I'd rather just avoid the conversation. So Leanne goes over to the guys. And so Shauna feels compelled to follow. But Shauna gives Callum, like, the stinkiest eye I have seen in a long time. And I thought Leanne's, like, hug and, like, greeting to Mike was a nice gesture. You know, even if we don't like Mike, I did think Leanne is very cognizant of what the situation actually is. 
She's not really putting blame on him to his face. You know, she has feelings and she's been allowed to, she's allowing herself to have those feelings, but he doesn't really deserve all of the blame given the information that she has. Yeah, that's, that's an important caveat. Um, I agree just in the sense that Shauna maybe should have at least made eye contact with Callum. Oh, she did. It was a stinky eye though. I didn't even think that they made, I, I thought she just looked straight ahead. In any case, whatever her strong feelings were, they clearly scared Callum. But I also am very sympathetic with Shauna and do think that Callum should have been the one to take the initiative and go talk to her because she had been really clear and upfront with him about her feelings. And I think honesty and and not keeping her totally in the dark is the right thing to do. And as I think we see the next day, you know, ends up just into a bigger and bigger snowball. But there's one more thing that happens that night that I want to talk to. Two more things, actually. We got to talk about the girls' conversation. There is such bad energy in that room. I mean, they all look really bored. And, you know, when we write about the show, you know, behind the scenes, they say it, they're really bored a lot of the time. And you could sense the boredom just watching them. Um, and I thought the conversation between Eve and Shauna was really interesting. I don't think I gave... You know, Jess and Eve, unfortunately, I don't think I gave him enough credit because Eve is being really mature. She accepts Shauna's anger. She understands it. She offers to talk privately, but she doesn't apologize because she didn't do anything wrong. Um, And she stays super calm. She doesn't accuse Shauna of anything. She doesn't, you know, resort to name calling. And, you know, I have to hand it to Eve. She handled that like a pro and Shauna was being very passive aggressive about it and Eve you know was understandably frustrated but she didn't take it out on Shauna and then that awkward silence where Mike comes in and apologizes for interrupting like oh I could feel it that was that was funny um I agree with you that Eve handles this all pretty well and I think that keeping it within the Love Island context but without any understanding of the culture of the show I could say that she did zero wrong but I think The one thing that you can say that she should have done, which I know is something that is peculiar to Love Island. So those of you who have watched other seasons of the show know that the girls usually let each other know if they are going to pursue a guy who's already in a couple. That's a norm that's been established, I think, for several seasons. And that's, I think, where Shauna is a little bit coming from, is she's trying to say, well, Eve should have approached me before picking Callum, and then I would have, then I'd still feel bad, but I wouldn't at all be angry with her. But I agree with you that Eve handled it really well, as opposed to Jess, who I think is pretty nasty, actually. I don't know, maybe that's her being protective of Eve, but uh, I didn't like it. Jess, who's the psychology student, is a lot less mature than Eve is. And I, I would bet you that Eve is kind of the dominant twin in life. And Jess just kind of follows. We'll have to do some more Jess and Eve research. We Put will. that on the list. Let's get to my sociopath alert. So this will be a running theme throughout this season is my building a case that Mike is in fact a sociopath. When he makes it Leanne's decision as to whether he is going to sleep in the same bed as Jess, that is incredibly devious. To make 
her feel like she's the one who's picking. And so then if she gets upset and, well, you're the one who wanted me to sleep in the same bed as her. And I told you that I would not sleep in the same bed as her if you didn't want me to. I, I think it's, I don't know, Mike trying to play both sides as usual, completely disregard anybody else's feelings and manipulate them into taking responsibility for his irresponsible behavior. Listen, though, Mike did the right thing. Mike came over and talked to Leanne. What he said was stupid, bad, and dumb. But meanwhile, Callum is still avoiding Shauna. And, like, you can't blame her. She didn't look at him. And so now he's just not going to talk to her? Like, that's not cool. One of the best quotes of this episode is Shauna's in the bedroom, I think, stewing that Callum hasn't talked to her. And somebody else is trying to reassure her. And she goes, well, I'd rather know that he's a wet wipe on day two than on day 17. And Callum is a very beautiful wet wipe. Yep. Callum is a wet wipe is the name of this podcast episode for sure. And the next day, Eve is trying to get him to speak to Shauna. No, she tells him directly. (laughs) And he just won't. He's just, he's just too immature. Again, Eve has a very like astute, you know, view of what's happening. She breaks it down to Callum in a way that he should be able to understand. She's got those giant clicky nails. She's licking her teeth. Oh my God. She licks her teeth through every episode and it makes me crazy. But I want to mention Connor bringing Sophie tea. Oh yeah. That's the first time we see someone bringing breakfast or coffee or tea for someone in the morning this season right yeah third third morning yeah well there was no nookie last night not that anybody really was in a position to nookie except maybe connor and sophie and good on them so and then right after that conversation between callum and eve it is it's if callum was going to go over it got totally derailed because we've got a fight going on our first couple fight really right Woo! So we got Ollie and Paige uh, over in the corner, and they are getting into it. First, she's like beating around the bush, and then she's like, okay, like, you want me to tell it to you straight? And she tells it to him straight. And, you know, as I've aged, I've really become a believer in radical honesty. You're not going to solve a situation by being passive aggressive. You're not going to solve a situation by mincing your words. You're not going to solve a situation by being a dick either. And I thought Paige, you know, was very clear at first about, you know, what was going on. I don't know if calling in Shanice was really helpful to them. Look, in my opinion, Shanice is misremembering some things about that conversation. Yeah, and then, you know, there's a conversation between Mike and Paige, too, that really upset me. Um, He told Paige that she should go with Ollie because he likes her. Well, not for nothing, Mike, but, like, little girls have been told this for a really long time. Oh, well... He's bothering you because he likes you. Oh, you should give him a chance because he likes you. We don't have to. Don't just do something because somebody wants you to. It's okay to hurt some feelings. And her feelings have already been hurt over and over. She has a hard time trusting. Ollie has not earned any of the trust he has received. Every time she lets her guard down, she finds new things that he didn't tell her about. And like, Mike, you know, I get that that's kind of the common view, but it sucks and it's so anti-feminist. Not that I expect Mike to be a feminist. I agree with you that it, it does come off as, as sexist. I also think that she kind of likes Ollie and maybe she's not set on him yet, but I think they do actually like each other. I think there is real affection there that, that could develop into a relationship. And 
I love that quote from Ali. And I think there's something else that happens before he says this, but you know, he said, holes keep on appearing and I keep falling in them. I like that. He's digging his own holes and then getting surprised when he falls into them. These are the holes that weren't there before he did or didn't open his mouth. We spent a lot of time on this episode, but there's one more thing that I thought is notable, which is just Mike shutting Jessica down about 16 hours after she picked him. I thought that was really funny. Yeah, he really turned on her. What did he expect? (laughs) She got pissed real quick, right? Yeah, I don't blame her. And then nighttime. Callum still hasn't spoken to Shauna, so she finally takes it upon herself to go talk to him. Yeah, uh, he's too young for her. Callum's not done cooking yet. Sean is a full-ass grown-up. And she said she wanted to find a boyfriend, not a son. And I think, you know, I think she stumbled upon a really important truth. And I actually do think they would be better off apart. Well, we'll see, because right now they're not in a couple. Mike Mike does genuinely seem to like Leanne, but I don't know if I feel it. I don't know if I buy it, but he does have some dreamy bedroom eyes. I have to give him that. Like when he's talking to those girls and he's looking at them deep in their eyes, I was fanning myself a little before I had to like take a step back and be like, this dude is bad news. Well, you know what they say about sociopaths? They're very, very charming. Yes. So. So I think that about does it for... The episode, we spent a long time on it today. Sorry, folks, but we thought there was actually a lot of juicy content in this one, despite it starting off so boring. A lot of interesting things moving the plot. So let's get into a deep dive. That's right. Today's deep dive, we are going to get into Paige Turley, our favorite British singer. No, not really, but she's our favorite British singer on Love Island season six. Paige is a singer. You can listen to some of her stuff on Spotify. She's got videos on YouTube. We're going to hit on just a few to give you a little sampling. We think a really great place to start is by watching her Britain's Got Talent audition, um, which is Skinny Love. And I told you to be patient And I told you to be fine And I told you to be balanced And I told you to be kind That was your favorite, actually, of the songs that we listened to, right? Yeah, it had emotion. It had depth. Um, It was a beautiful showcase of her range. Um, She's got a lovely voice. I really enjoyed it. And I, you know, I thought the judges reacted, you know, appropriately and... My heart felt it, although I wanted to call it stinky love. Maybe that's just the mother of a four-year-old speaking. But but yeah, I didn't know the song. Um, and, you know, when I don't know the song, I have a harder time getting into it. But I was captivated. She did a great job. She deserved it. Yeah, I didn't know the song either. Even at that age, she's a very good technical singer. Yeah, she, she knocked it out. No question that she was going to get selected. Uh, she was only, what, 14 or something like that? Something bananas young. Yeah, she's really, really young. And then we have from 2017, um, you can find this on Spotify. Uh, the song is called Time by Fat Too Funky. That's fat, P-H-A-T. Pretty hot and tempting. The number two, funky. And funky might be misspelled. It's a little hard to tell in my notes. But if you search for Paige Turley... Uh, you can find it that way too. Oh, 
that's from 2017, so it is pre-Love Island season six, but post-Britain's Got Talent. And it's terrible. <laughs> There's several remixes of it, and you can't really blame Paige. Her voice is really the best thing about the song. If you can call it a song, I, I, I think it's more of just a beat with music. I, I don't really think there's a whole lot of structure there. It uses a Roland 808 or 909 uh, drum machine sample or samples. I, I couldn't pick out exactly which one. Someone who has a better ear than me could probably do that. But it reminded me of something that I would have sequenced as a teenager. And I think this is just not very good. So I don't think we have to spend much time on it. I wouldn't listen to it if I were you. I wouldn't bother with the remixes. You can remix a song, I guess, and make it a little better, but you know, you don't have very good bones to work with in the case of the song Time. That's a thumbs down. However, uh, thumbs maybe sideways for our next song, uh, unless you had something to say about Time. Which I, don't I don't even remember it. Yeah, that's, I didn't think you had anything to say about that one. <laughs> Moving Too Fast. So this is her new single post- Love Island. It's so 70s. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. And like, you know, there have been some disco songs. Get Lucky, Treasure, Bruno Mars song. Those are both super influenced by disco. I mean, you could even call them disco themselves if you wanted. But those also have a more modern sound. And I feel like this one is ripped like right out of the Donna Summer playbook. Yeah. Which isn't a criticism necessarily, but... That's right. I think that as I listen to the song, you know, it's a very clear disco revival. So let, let's take a, a listen to a few seconds. Yeah, so there's a difference between a revival and an homage or a tribute. And I think... The Get Lucky, to me, is more of a tribute to classic disco than a revival of it. Though I think, you know, maybe it does blur the line given Niles Rogers' involvement. In any case, this song contains basically every single trope of classic disco, and they managed to sneak pretty much all of them in with the first, you know, 55 seconds or so, which is too bad. You mean the total lack of dynamics? Yeah, I, I think that it just builds too quickly and kind of stays at the same level, doesn't really take us anywhere, but yet yeah, includes strings. It's got horns, a very prominent xylophone, got the vocals doubling and then growing into harmonies, which is something that you hear in a lot of disco songs. I thought it was really well done. It's really well produced. Paige's voice, again, probably the best thing about the song. I think it's technically a really great performance. I think that, yeah, she's a, she's a very good singer. I think one it gives, of, it, it gives her no opportunity to really showcase that voice. It's such a small range. Girl can sing. I think the music production does her no favors because I think it sometimes crowds out her voice. It doesn't really give her enough room. So I agree with you there. Um, Much like the date, it is well-produced and boring. Yeah. I could see it being played at a wedding which is when I'm going to go outside and have a cigarette. I don't even smoke anymore. <laughs> I just think it's funny also the theme of the song, which is, you know, you're moving too fast. I want to really take it slow, which so far is in alignment with her character on Love Island, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, so that is the end of our deep dive. And now let's talk TNA, fashion. Let's do it. Yes. Uh, not a ton of TNA this episode. We had a couple. Ollie and Briefs. All right, Ollie, I see what you're packing. Nice job. We've got, and I know Ben's going to want to comment on this, Eve's black bathing suit when she's trying to convince Callum to talk to Shauna. It's like being held by a safety pin in front. It's upper ass in the back. There's T's, there's A's, and you know, she looks great in it, but wow. I kept expecting a nipple to pop out. Is that allowed on Britain? I don't know. I mean, certainly other seasons of Love Island have had uncensored nudity on them, so. Kind of and then the only other one for this episode is when Mike is basically dumping Jess, Jess's blue bikini is also a spectacle to be seen. I was also a fan of Shauna's orange romper. I just thought it was cool that she oh. wore the last night. Oh, well, we're not into the fashion. Oh, oh That was okay. boobs and butts and other body parts of sexiness. Oh, I have no other boobs and butts to report, but I, I was a fan of Shauna's Orange Robert. Yes, there is a ton of fashion, positive and negative, in this episode. So real quick, should we do it chronologically or do you want me to do it positively? However you want to do it, I'm good with. Well, it's written chronologically, so let's do that. First, we have Paige's red latex skirt and white top. That's during the date, that first night of the episode. Excellent. Um, And then the next morning, Shauna's kind of got a double-edged sword there. Her orange bikini with the three different stripes on top. Super cool. But she has too many eyelashes, especially first thing in the morning. Um, That interview in the beach hut. Like, those eyelashes are just so, so much. Shauna, you're beautiful. You're young. You don't need so many eyelashes. OMG. Um, Then we've got... Um, Shanice's triangle alien sunglasses. I don't know how I feel about those. I think Shanice got some sunglasses game. I like it. I don't hate it. Um, she seems to be kind of fashion forward. I'm excited to see what we're going to get out of her because those sunglasses are a statement. Leanne's got that awesome like red orange bikini matching jacket and she got the square sunglasses. Leanne also very strong fashion game. Again, I mentioned it last episode, um, but since like they overlap, that outfit she's wearing, the night of the double date and the steel with the big earrings and like the Chinese sort of print dress. Awesome. You mentioned Shauna's red romper pantsuit. Yeah, I Excellent. love that. Excellent. Super sassy. And then again, another Leanne, that gold eyeshadow she's wearing when she talks to Mike. Gorgeous. Lots of nice fashion. Yeah, this is a uh, pretty fashionable crew, I think, as far as Love Island goes. I think we're going to have a lot of fashion reports. No, definitely I want us to do a little bit of research and figuring out how much of what they are wearing is provided by the production company and the costume department versus what is their own and how much influence they have over that stuff. I just think it'd be really interesting because I think earlier seasons, it seems maybe that people were bringing more of their own clothes or you would see them wearing the same things over and over. So it kind of felt like their own wardrobe. But now... We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. And let's take a little break just to note that I had to stop myself from letting you know that I've seen this entire season. That's right. This is a rewatch for us. And if you support us on Patreon, that's right. Just look for the little bit, leave it podcast on patreon.com and at any level, you get access to Spoils of Love, which is recorded immediately after this episode. We do a spoiler-filled review 
and talk about the implications of today for the rest of the season. So for all of you super fans, you will love it. It's less than going to the ice cream man and getting a, you know, a vanilla soft serve with sprinkles. Yeah, I'd much rather support me than ice cream. So I think it's time to rank the couples. Let's go from top to bottom this time. When we did our rankings at the end of this episode, number one by default. Connor and Sophie. Yep, Connor and Sophie. They're barely in the episode. You know, they seem to be the only real couple. Thus far. (laughs) And number two, almost also by default. I guess Paige and Ollie. No, no, it's definitely Mike and Leanne. Mike dumping Jess at the end to get back together with Leanne. I think that's a pretty strong statement, even though I think Mike is a sociopath, as we've established. All right, I'll give you that. So number one, Connor and Sophie. Number two, Mike and Leanne. Number three, Callum and Eve. Only because they like each other. They've got the poolside conversation. They say they're enjoying being in the relationship. And this is really for lack of better options, in my opinion. For somebody who support, who's Team Ollie over there, you are... Uh... I wouldn't say I'm Team Ollie. I'm just not Team Shanice. Team Paige. <laughs> yeah, Team Paige, I guess. So when we did these, we had Callum Eve third, and number four is Shauna by herself. Because she's the best. Yeah, I'm Team Shauna more than anybody else. And then in a four-way tie for last place, we have Paige, Ollie, Shanice, Nas who are all unraveling at the seams for various reasons. And Jess. I didn't even, we didn't even put Jess in our yeah, rankings. Fuck she Jess. didn't even make it in. We've got a, another 26 episodes to go for this season. And we're really excited because we're just getting started. Shit's about to go down. Yeah, we got somebody leaving the island soon, we assume, right? The end of the first week. We're only three nights in. And there's a really good dumping in this season that will have your hearts on the floor. So, Oh, more reason to to listen to Spoils of Love and find out what's happening and get spoiled. Great. I think that is everything for this episode. Thank you for listening. And we hope not to disappoint you too much. Yeah, thanks to everybody who listens and especially our patrons. I'm just going to keep pushing that. And we will see you next time. Or no, we won't because it's a podcast. Thanks. Bye.